Peace to hearts. We are doing a what if episode, man. As you, as you can see, Bernard King, Patrick Ewing, even the guy Uta, whatever how you pronounce his name from um what if series, The Watcher. You know, we're gonna be talking about Bernard King and what could have been, man. So without further ado, Dynex Podcast, let's get busy. What's up, guys? We got a football Sunday thing going on, man. I don't really care about football too much. I'm a Giants fan, but I'll watch it when I get a chance, man. I'm probably going to end up checking out the box score and this, that, and the other. Shout out to NYC in the background. Can't really do nothing about that Sunday morning. There's a lot of stuff going on out there in these streets. But, um, you know, let's talk about this Bernard King stuff, man. You know, Bernard King was one of the greatest basketball players to ever play in his little era, man. You know, everybody that from that era that remembers playing against him all say the same thing. For Jordan, all these guys, man, he was a, a handful. Uh, Pat, you know, he, he went up against um, Larry Bird for the MVP. And a lot of people said that he should have gotten the MVP the year that they were fighting for it. But um, he was a perennial, um, you know, when he was with the Knicks, he was a, like an a MVP candidate almost every year. Put the team on his back, 60-point games. You know, everybody knows the whole story with him. But um, what happened when he got hurt? Because, I mean, you know, the ACL injury at the time, uh, nobody was was actually coming back from that injury. You know, once you had the injury, basically your career was over. They would try to do something to get you to come back, but um, it just wasn't um, – like the procedure that they were doing before um, Bernard King's procedure – um, was just like it was just wasn't gonna work, you know, the way that they did it. But you know, the way that Bernard King surgery went, they they did it exactly the way that they do it now. They they actually drill a hole into the um into your your femur bone, whatever, and they'll they'll use a cadaver or maybe like use a, a piece of somewhere else on your body, and they'll actually stick it through the hole there, and they'll bond it, and then you know actually replace the whole ACL with the way that almost almost God intended, you know, so. He was the it was the first time that he ever did it, you know, for for a player like him. And he, you know, of course, um, it takes an incredible drive and, and whatever. Everything that he was doing, the equipment that they were using, you know, it's just not, you know, the top notch equipment that we would use today. You know, so it, it is an incredible journey, man. But uh, you know, you, you really have to to look at it to see. So, you know, bear with me if if um anything gets screwed up with this um stream. Cause I, I keep telling you that I like um uh, my, my equipment got de got destroyed when I went to Florida. I was too ambitious when I went out there, and um, you know, didn't really go to way the way I wanted. But um, let, let's see if this this is gonna work here. Uh, well, that's not exactly the one. This um, it's the other video here. So again, it's live TV. So th this is just really Bernard King talking and um, explaining, you know, where he's coming from. Let me see if this is it here. Nope, same one. And once again, guys, sorry about that. I'm gonna get that get this correct for you guys. And let's try this one. All right, so this is it here. This is basically Bernard King speaking out of his own. From his own King words. was leading the league in scoring in 1985. Then one night in Kansas City. Look out. King hurt himself as he I never felt any pain as serious as that before. Doctors after the ball game, you know, actually told me I had totally shredded my knee. And I said to myself, okay, fine. If, it, if it's over, you can accept that you've done some things that maybe no other individual has done. But now here's an opportunity to face a challenge and to meet an obstacle head on. And uh, let's let's fight this battle and see if we can overcome it. After surgery, he became a hermit working countless hours at home. 
He would not believe those who said he could never return. Every time I went to, to work out with my therapist, I said, I'm playing the Boston Celtics, I'm playing the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm facing that team in my basement on that machine for four or five hours. I'm yeah, he was amazing, man. Bernard King was an amazing individual. You could just see the way that he was working. At that time, it was really unprecedented for guys to be working out to that degree, you know, to get themselves back. You know what I'm saying? Once again, you know, I apologize for, for the little delay trying to get the, the video right because they both basically say the same thing, you know, <laughs> whatever, man. But he was working really hard, so he was able to get himself back together. So anyway, uh, let's just talk about his stats and stuff. I'll, I'll pull up his stats through um, basketball reference. Uh, basketball reference. Here we go here. You know, this is, you know, Bernard King. He was born in 56. Uh, he's 64 now. He came out of uh, Fort Hamilton, Brooklyn. You know, so, you know, he's straight up New Yorker, man. You know, everybody knows about, about that area of New York. They have, you know, their whole, their whole little history there. His brother also was a big part of that. But during the next time here, man, this, um, let's see if we can highlight this stuff here for you guys. Uh, from here to here, this was his career. So during this time period, he averaged 26 points, five um, rebounds a game, two assists, one steal. You know, uh, the percentages, uh, 54% from the field. Back then, they didn't shoot threes, you know, so um, you can't really count that. But, you know, 54% from the field, basically. Uh, he was a beast. You know, the free throw percentages, 76% is about even for the time period. Um, you know, he was just a beast. This one year in particular, two years really, he, he averaged um, 26 uh, that, that one year, and then he finished it off with 32 the year that he got hurt. So that's 29 points a game during that span there. Uh, at the time, you know, like there was there was really nobody better than him outside of Michael Jordan when you're talking about scoring. Uh, you know, 32 points a game, you know, still almost six rebounds a game, three assists, one steal, and then he ended up getting hurt. So um, let's let's get into this year here. This is the year 1986-87 when he averaged uh, 22 points a game, uh, back down to five, about five rebounds, three assists, basically the same player, you know, a little less scoring. Uh, but he only played four games that year. He only started four. So this is like towards the end of the year where he came in, like when it's garbage time, just to get his um himself himself together here. So basketball reference actually uh, allows you to um, check out game splits and stuff, like game game logs and whatever. So we can go to that season for the game logs and just scroll down here. There's only like um only six games here, but if you, if you take a look at um what you're seeing here. Uh, his first game back, he only um, averaged seven points. Uh, he had uh, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, but then this is when it gets crazy. He averaged um, 20 points in the next game. Uh, you know, th 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 those weren't starts, actually. Th then he finally started for, like, his last four games of that season. He averaged um, – he, he scored 19, 30, 29, and 31. So the last three games of his Knicks career, you know, Bernard King actually averaged uh, 30 points, six rebounds, three assists. You know, 53% from the, from the field. Basically, he was back. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that begs the question, right? How come the Knicks didn't keep him? Now, did, did Patrick Ewing and um, Bernard King ever play together? No, they did not. Uh, Bernard King said himself that that um, they actually practiced together. You know, so practicing is, is one thing. It's totally different, um, you know, when um, we're talking about playing a game. But they actually practiced together. He, I think he said maybe like once or twice, you know, but never actually in the game because Ewing was also hurt out the entire year. So um, let's uh, let's t let's talk about these games, man. Uh, the, this this first game that he scored thirty points. Of course, they lost because that's a, that's a whole other story. The Knicks were basically a lottery team. They I think they they had um, twenty four wins that year, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, I can't really see it right at the moment, but I believe they had 24 wins that year. So they were like a perennial lottery team. So there was nothing stopping the Knicks for, from keeping him because like, they didn't get they didn't get any assets for him. You know, they didn't get anything really of um, significance for him. He just went to Washington. Washington um, signed him and he went on to have a career there. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, too. But this, this is what is alarming to me. The 30 points, 29 points and 31 points back three games back to back. Um, in in this last game, I, l- I look at this last game just not to keep this um you know drawn out here, but this last game they got bl- you know beat by by the Cavs. The Cavs were actually a good team. You know they had a lot of good young players. But, you know, well now I'm I'm trying to big them up, but they was only 31 and 51 themselves. So the Knicks were actually 24 and 58. So um you know check out check out this box score. This box score was interesting to me. Uh, he played 45 minutes. He played 45 minutes in a meaningless game, a game that. You know they they weren't making the playoffs. There was nothing to to uh, to play for, but he still was able to play 45 minutes. That's more than anybody else on the team at the, at, at that time. So if, if this guy can score for is get um could give you 45 minutes and um play and score 31 points and still do everything he that he was able to do before the injury, why didn't the Knicks keep him? Like another person here to to look at is um Gerald Wilkins. Gerald Wilkins was uh was basically like a second year player or a third year player. Second year player because because they were drafted the same year I, I believe him and Ewing, but um you know thirty points himself so we're talking about a young core now you know coming up through the ranks because uh you know Mark Mark Jackson was gonna was gonna show up to the league soon uh Joe Wilkins is already on the team and then Ewing was coming in there so you mean to tell me that 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 um with Joe Wilkins able to score thirty points in, in a game for you Bernard um King comes back from injury and he's able to give you three straight games thirty points forty five minutes one game. And you didn't have enough um, space in on your in your roster, or no, not, not enough foresight with, within your team to say, let's just give Bernard King a chance, especially for the fact that he put the team on his back all those years. So there's something missing there. Like I was doing, I was trying to do a Google search for articles uh, for the time period, but there wasn't really um, anything that I could really find that, that was really like solid, you know. But for for older heads, if you remember, like if you remember what they were saying, I, that would be great for 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 you to um. To, to just give me the knowledge, you know, put it in the in the comments, you know, if if you're watching this, and um, just give give the insight as to you know what was the backstory in that offseason, and what's the reason why the Knicks didn't keep him, because there was I'm looking at it now, there was no reason. Right now on this roster here, they still have Bernard King. Excuse me, they still had um, Bill Cartwright, so they actually traded um, Bill Cartwright for um, Oakley. You know, so what if they was to make these moves, you know, trade for Oakley, and you know they drafted Mark Jackson. Now you're talking about you know Ewing, Mark Jackson. Uh, Bernard King, Gerald Wilkins, and Charles Oakley all on the same team. So you, you mean to tell me that team couldn't couldn't have done something? So they, you know it's really crying over spilled milk, but you know there really needs a a, a a question needs to be answered as to why uh, Gerald Wilk, excuse me, Bernard King uh, wasn't retained for the Knicks. Some of these other games too, I kind of want to check out. So um, let's do a previous game and see if they they do that for me. So they, he actually played against the Bullets. Uh, the Bullets, you know, they, they they actually lost that game too. Bullets had Moses Malone, who was really good. Still, uh, Jeff Malone, he was good, good also. You know, decent, decent. Um, you know, not really so much uh, competition at the at the four positions for Bernard, but he still got twenty nine points in that game, man. You know, um, Bill Carway had a decent game. Joe Wilkins also had twenty two that game. You know, it's it's a, it's a it, it kind of breaks my heart, man. Let's let's look at the other the other um, thirty point game that he had. The first thirty-point game um, since and his comeback, he had um, thirty points. Joe Wilkins again, twenty-three. So maybe they had some chemistry. That's something to think about too. Maybe they had a little bit of chemistry with um, Joe Wilkins. At, you know, scoring twenty-three. You know, basically averaging like twenty-three points for like the last few games, 
um, the last three games while Bernard King was averaging 30. So that they, there might have been some kind of chemistry there. You know, maybe the guys enjoy playing with each other. They actually played against uh, Detroit Pistons. They had um, they were 51 and 29. Uh, Joe Dumars had 20. Rick Mahorn had 14. Bill Lambier had 27. Isaiah Thomas um, was on a down downside of his career. No, excuse me. This, this is actually like their championship era, actually. You know what I'm saying? So who knows? Maybe if the Knicks had put that team together, maybe we would have stopped their run. Maybe we would have stopped Detroit's run for the, for the championship. They had Adrian Dantley still on the team. So this is the year before that they made the trade for um, Mark Aguirre that started that that whole thing for them. Um, but, you know, it, it just it just kind of makes me sad a little bit how that goes. Let's let's check out the, the Knicks uh, the following season. What did, the, what did the Knicks do after they got rid of um, Bernard King? So um, if I could do that here. This is um, Bernard King's last year. Uh, let's do the next page here. This is the 87-88 season. Uh, once again, bear with me because this, this is live stuff. You know, this is not ESPN. So if you're looking for ESPN, like I said before, you know, go to ESPN. This is just a guy on, on YouTube putting stuff together for you guys. So they they did they did um draft Mark Jackson. They had Gerald Wilkins. Ewing came back. Ewing averaged twenty and eight. You know Ewing was was just becoming that offensive player. They still had um Kenny or Kenny Walker. They ended up getting Sidney Green on the team with who's um you know who's kind of like getting old up in his career. He wasn't really that good of a player. They were trying to find. They, they got Johnny Newman. They were trying to find that young guy to to get into the mix to to add to that thing. They they, they didn't give um, Johnny Newman a chance neither. So that's like another podcast for another day. But if they didn't do that, maybe Bernard King would would have been right in that slot. And then, um, you know, like like I said, Mark Jackson, Gerald Wilkins, Patrick Ewing, uh, Bernard King, and um, you know, they still had uh, Cartwright according to this here. So they they traded for Cartwright, I believe, in the next the next season. Let's check out the next season. If it was eighty nine, or maybe I forgot when exactly they traded for Oakley. So here goes the eighty nine season. This is um basically two years after they traded um they they got rid of Bernard King. So you're talking about Ewing was was on uh, twenty two points a game. He was not quite peak Ewing yet, you know, with the offensive talent. Uh, Mark Jackson was still in his bag, sixteen and eight. Uh, Charles Oakley was on the team now. You got a double double machine. Gerald Wilkins still young, twenty five years old, giving you fourteen points a game. And here goes Johnny Newman. What Johnny Newman would have did. So, you know, I don't know the story with Johnny Newman, you know, how, how they went about getting him. Uh, but, um, you know, Bernard, Bernard, stick Bernard King and Johnny Newman's spot, right? So now after after we, after we did that, let's let's, um, let's go back to Bernard King. Let's actually type in Bernard King here. Just, um, let me see, Bernard, Bernard King. And uh, check out the next two seasons after the Knicks got rid of him. So this is the season, the last season with the Knicks here. So add two seasons. And uh, two seasons, that's uh, one, two. That's this year here. He was back up to averaging uh, 20 points a game. You know, he was averaging 20, uh, four, and three. So he was back to averaging 20 points a game. During that time with the Wizards, he actually made it back to the All-Star team and averaged 28 points a game. So during that next three-year span, um, he was back to averaging 23, four, and four, basically. So um, he did get up to that to that twenty point a game um, year at when um and the year of nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety one. So uh, let's go back to to the Knicks here, and let's just click um let's just click the the next couple of years. Uh, the Knicks were fifty two and thirty with the bomb squad Knicks here. That's with um Johnny Newman averaging sixteen. So the Knicks were on their way there. You know Patrick Ewing and Mark Jackson and stuff. Let's go to this to this next year. 
the next year, once again, just bear with me because this is this is um live stuff. Forty five and and thirty seven. Uh, Ewing was just this is this is prime Ewing now. Ewing all of a sudden you know got the jump shot going now. He's averaging twenty points a game. The offense is high octane. Uh, you know, like I said, Bernard King was giving you twenty points a game at this time. You know, add that to Oakley, 14, um, 14 and eleven. Gerald Wilkins still giving you fourteen four. Mark Jackson production went down a little a little bit. Uh, some of these other guys here, you're talking about Kiki Vanderweide and and Ross Strickland, and all this other stuff. Maybe maybe those variables would have changed, but I'm just talking about the the core top five there. You know that you know that that's 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 what it is there. So add added in, into this this year where Bernard King actually actually averaged um the the 28 points a game. So I believe I believe it was this season, 1990 1991. So um, Ewing is prime Ewing now, 26 points a game, 11 rebounds. Uh, all the other things that he does. Oakley, double-double machine at this point. You know, like I said, you can X out Kiki Vanderway because we wouldn't have never made a deal to get Kiki, Kiki Vanderway to begin with. We would have just kept Bernard King. So Bernard King gave you 28 points a game that year too. Gerald Wilkins, I'm um, still giving you basically 14, you know, 13.8. Um, they, they, you know, trade for, like I said, Mark, Mark, Maurice Cheeks and all this, you know, maybe we wouldn't have done those trades. Or maybe we wouldn't have drafted Ross Strickland and all, all that stuff. It's just like a like a you know time machine type of thing but mark jackson is still on the roster he was averaging eight and six uh you know maybe he's still the the um the, the starting point guard for the knicks uh, along with the guys that i that i mentioned before so this year the knicks were actually 39 and 44 under Stu jackson so Stu jackson was like uh he was like a like a statue kind of coach whatever he, he coached hard but he was kind of uh, like a like over his head a little bit ernie grunfield was still the general manager dave checkets was was there as the team president so I mean, during this 1990-1991 season, coaching aside, I think this this is the year that maybe the Knicks could have could have tried to do something. So I'm just gonna look at um what was going on in the NBA at that time. So let's let's um let's see if we can if we can get the NBA for that year. Um, let me see NBA playoffs. The Knicks actually made the playoffs that year. So maybe the Knicks would have would have um got a higher seed because uh, they made the playoffs at 39 and 43. So let's um check out the 1991 playoffs. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the Knicks played against Chicago. We got swept 3-0. So maybe the Knicks don't don't get don't play Chicago. Maybe maybe we play um Boston. Maybe we play Detroit. You know Detroit uh, beat Atlanta three to two. Uh, Celtics and Indiana three to two. So maybe the Knicks would have been in that, in that little mix. Uh, oh, Phil, excuse me. Philadelphia also swept um, the Bucks, so maybe we would have been in that mix. Maybe we would have played Boston or Detroit, say, you know, because you know, add a couple wins, whatever. Maybe we would have played those two guys. So in the next round, um, the Detroit, Detroit Pistons beat the Celtics. Um, Chicago beat Philadelphia. What's the other team? You know what I'm saying? That's you know, that maybe the Knicks could have been in that, in that mix. You know, I, I really, I, I guess we could look at at the series really quick. Uh, let's look at the Detroit Pistons and Boston Celtics. That just jumps out at me. So looking at that series, uh, the basic stats, uh, you know, Dumars 23, Mark Aguirre 17. Uh, I don't see Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas probably was hurt that year because he only averaged eight points. You know, so maybe the, the, he was going down. His career was going down. So they were they were primed to to be taken advantage of. He's talking about Mark Aguirre, who was, who was like 31 years old. So, you know, Bernard King would have would, had a, a good chance to take, take him out. Uh, let's look at the Boston Celtics. Uh, Reggie Lewis was there on the team. Kevin McHale was was um 33 years old, so the Knicks were primed to to take over take over these different teams. Man, Larry Bird wasn't Larry Bird anymore. Only 13 points a game. Robert Parrish is old as hell. 
So I could see Ewing destroying him. I could see, um, you know, Bernard King destroying whoever was against him. Maybe Reggie Lewis. Reggie Lewis is in his prime. You know, rest in peace to him. Kevin McHale, like I said, was older. So, you know, Charles Oakley would have been going against him. So, you know, different matchups. So maybe the Knicks would have would have done well against that team. So um, let's look at, at, at the team that advanced um, ahead of them there. Into basically, let's just go into the into the finals. Chicago Bulls made it to the finals. That was the year that that um, Jordan uh, won his first championship. So, would the Knicks have won the championship that year? The, uh, you know, with Jordan's first year, the the way things were going that year, I, I feel like uh, Patrick, um, excuse me, uh, Michael Jordan was driven, you know, to win. You know, they and the Lakers also too. The, the Lakers were diminished. You know, it was only Magic Johnson, uh, J- James Worthy. I got hurt in the playoffs. You know, they had to start. Uh, uh, what, what's the guy's name? They had to start, um, you know, Divac, you know, because, you know, their, their starting centers and stuff got hurt. So it's, it's interesting, man. You know, let's, let's look at that series for the, for the finals. Uh, Michael Jordan, of course, 31 points a game. Scottie Pippen had 20. Horace had, um, you know, he, he was their double-double guy. He had 14 and 7. John Paxson was there, three-point shy. Bill Cartway was there. Uh, you know, you can't really beat Michael Jordan at the time. Michael Jordan didn't win, hasn't won anything at, at that point. So, uh, maybe, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Magic now. Magic had 18, he was still doing this thing. Floddy actually averaged 18 because nobody else could, no, there was nobody else there. You know, this is a young Vladdy, 22 points a game. Sam Perkins, 16. James Worthy, he actually played four games, he averaged um, 19 points. Okay, but um, he didn't complete the series, he, he got hurt one of the one of the games and he wasn't able to complete. But I mean, look at the rest of their roster. The, their roster is not really necessarily all that good. Byron Scott wasn't wasn't Byron Scott anymore. Uh, you know, AC Green wasn't AC Green anymore. You know, so if this was the year that the Knicks um, could win a championship, if let's say let's say if Jordan didn't make it, or maybe Jordan was driven and the Knicks played Jordan that that Jordan team, just just look at what they did in the finals. Uh, of course, we can't guard uh, Michael Jordan, but we did have Gerald Wilkins. You know who knows what who else we would have gotten gotten to the team if we would have sticked around, but um Bernard King would have been against um Scottie Pippen. You know Scottie Pippen could play defense, so maybe he would have locked um you know Bernard King down. It would have been tough to to see Charles Oakley and um and um Horace Grant is a wash. You talk about Mark Jackson and Paxson, that's a wash as well. The the X factor here is Ewing. Ewing would have destroyed Patrick um you know Bill Cartwright at this time because this was like peak offensive, on um, Patrick Ewing. So. You know, it's, it's interesting to talk about this stuff, man. But you know, maybe, maybe we would have we would have made it to the finals with that team. But um, the beginning of Jordan's era, I'm not sure if um, the Knicks would have been able to to win that year. I'm talking about the year that Bernard King was able to average that that 28 points a game thing. Um, let's see the 1990 finals. This is really looking. The 1990 final finals that was Detroit against um, Portland. Uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas was in his bag at the time, man. So. You know, he averaged uh, 20 points a game that year. Joe Dumars had 20. Uh, James Edwards had 14. Bill Lambier, 13. Vinnie Johnson, 12. You know, th- this is uh, peak uh, Detroit Pistons. But I'm um, lo- looking at that roster. Like I said, Gerald Wilkins would have been guarding um, Joe Dumars. Uh, Mark Jackson uh, was was in his bag. Maybe he, he would have uh, gave Isaiah Thomas a run. Uh, you know, both teams played defense. Uh, Bill Lambier would have been against Oakley. Um, they didn't really have, well, Mark, excuse me, uh, Mark Aguirre, but uh, shout out to Dennis Rodman because Dennis Rodman was um, basically starting their starting small forward at the time. So he would have been guarding uh, Bernard King. So that's another year that, you know, you know, it's, it's just fun to talk about. Maybe the Knicks could have won a championship if, um, if you would have, if Bernard King would have been healthy. But um, if you look at the teams that we're talking about the beginning of the Jordan era and um, the second championship with um, Detroit, 
Um, the 88 finals was also Detroit as well. They played against the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, they played against the Lakers. They swept the Lakers. Like I said, this is um, Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas peak right here with Vinnie Johnson as well. So their backcourt would have been crazy. Our front court, like I said, would have been good with Bernard King and stuff. But you're talking about, you know, Dennis Robin playing small forward, you know, you know, basically getting 10 rebounds a game. Um, Mark Aguirre could still score. So that would have been, it would have been tough. The defense would have been, you know, bang, we've been banging each other. And um, I think Detroit probably, probably would have made it up to the finals that year as well. Just for the simple fact that I was this peak bad boy era stuff the the lakers themselves you know uh james worthy was it was in his on um, prime there 25 points a game kareem abdul jabbar was like was um at the end of his career you know uh what else here yeah man it would have been it would have been interesting it would have been a, a nice interesting run i see magic johnson didn't play in the finals day oh, yes he did he played on um, three minutes but um as you can see here 25 minutes a game 11 points 11 excuse me eight assists you know, I don't know the history. Maybe he was hurt, you know, but, uh, you know, the Western Conference, it, it might have been a shot to beat them, but to come out the East, the East was the best. It was Detroit and it was Chicago. So during that time where, where if Ewing and Bernard King were playing on the same team, maybe they wouldn't have um, made Maybe they, they maybe they, they would have made it to the finals, maybe Eastern Conference finals. Like I said, that third year and, and but um, they would have faced Jordan in, in the Eastern Conference finals. So if they can't, if they couldn't get past Jordan, you know, you know, it's just just fun to talk about, man. But um, this is all I got for you today. Just wanted to run this down. This whole uh, Bernard King era. What if? You know, what would happen if um if we kept um if we kept Bernard King? Like I said, it still hurts to think about it, but um it is what it is, man. So um you know, just without further ado, let me just say goodbye to everybody. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat here. Sorry for the little the little delay, the little lag and stuff like that. Cause like I said, this is all I'm clicking buttons here, hoping stuff um works. I'm working on my internet, you know, and just the system and stuff like that. But uh it's just interesting. It's an interesting conversation. But um, I see you guys on the next one. Uh before we get out of here, before I forget here, let me just um shout out to bars and shots. I'm actually gonna go on to the bars and shots show um at three o'clock. You know, so we're going to talk about whatever these guys want to talk about. You know, it's re I'm very excited and, very, and, and actually nervous to get on the show because um, I really like really like their show. I like what they what they do there. So if you guys can go to Bars and Shots, look it up on on um, on YouTube and um, you'll be able to, um, to to follow us there. So anyway, shout out to everybody just in the chat once again. And um, I see you guys on the next one. Peace.